cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? You're drowning and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen from Mr. Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down another 41. Another 1%. Dow Futures down 314. NASA Futures down 128. We got oil down 211. We got everything down here. Lou, how are you, bud? You're not down, are you? Good morning, Good morning sir. No, I'm I'm actually up and around. So uh, what are you? So you're all happy? What did you own yesterday? Puts, put options? What did you have in your account that you're happy? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't even follow the stock market on a day-to-day basis, except I do have a topic I want to raise to you that relates directly to the S&P. Uh, fire away. Okay. Do you know what the S&P ESG index is? I have, I have heard of it. Is that not the natural gas one, is it? What is that? Well, there are natural gas companies involved in it. So ESG's ESG index stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Index. Well, I have and heard it apparently that. is something that the S&P has enacted lately that supposedly measures your compliance or your social conscience or... I'm not sure what it measures, except that if you are not doing things that make the Democrats happy, your your ESP, your ESG score apparently goes down. So so the the story has, that came out yesterday, um, Standard & Poor's has a, an index, this ESG index that you want you want to be on. Apparently. There are a number of funds that use this index as a score for investment. And so Tesla, you would think Tesla, which is the preeminent uh, electric car manufacturer in the United States, and if not the if not the world, I don't know what's going on in China, but but you know Tesla vehicles, if there's anybody promoting zero emission, the electric car wave of the future that environmentalists uh, drool at, it, it's Tesla as a company. Tesla got kicked off this, or uh, got its score dropped dramatically shortly after Elon Musk tweets out that, that he's going to vote Republican from now on. And and the, the score is based on... The, the score, Tesla score did not change, supposedly, this, ES, this ESG score, but others rose. The other companies rose. Now, when I think of environmental, you know, social and governance standards, probably the first company I think of is Exxon. <laughs> <laughs> Exxon's on, on has a higher index and is on the suitability board. When when somebody went to, to Standard & Poor's ESG governance people and said, or ESG uh, uh, index 
the people responsible for setting that number and said, what, what's the basis for Tesla's lower rating? They, they said, well, it's, it's working conditions in one of his plants. There have been a couple of allegations, not lawsuits, but allegations or proved uh, uh, verdicts, allegations of racism at the plant, and uh, we have concerns over the fact that Tesla's self-drive capacity has been tied to some, uh, you know, some some accidents and and in, in some involving fatalities. And uh, so, in, in the words of Richard J. Daly, who are all these alligators? That and and the the score, this lowered score that they announced, that Standard and Poor's announced, apparently in an effort to punish Musk for um, having the temerity to say he's now going to vote Republican because he considers the Democrats to be a bunch of fascists. Where, uh, but irrespective, I mean, I agree with him, but never mind, never mind that. My opinion on this doesn't count. It's the fact that he makes this announcement. They then drop his his ESG rating. And then all these funds have to suddenly disgorge themselves of Tesla stock, of of all the things that I would say no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing that because I I think Tesla's doing pretty well in terms of its uh, of its share price. It it it's astounding. So I, this is something that, um, ironically, it, it's so rare that my knowledge of stock markets actually has an overlap with your knowledge of stock markets. And so, and so, here we are. What the heck is going on? Well, why, why isn't the guy have that? And and why are why are investment funds indexed to it? Well, the uh, there are people. Matter of fact, <clears throat> there was a firm that we were talking to for a long time. I think the, the guy finally retired. I don't know for but he was a money manager, nice older dude, and he uh, and he was into, and I you know I don't know how he. What's the term? He would, he, would, he would invest people's money in, not politically correct, but environmentally, not necessarily environmentally friendly, but places that they thought had a long-term view of the world and weren't polluters and all that other kind of stuff. And he had a, all right. So I've heard I've heard of funds like this where they calculate or or try to invest in socially responsible companies. Right. You understand, and you you put your money in there with the understanding that you are going to lose out on possible investments because the people that are investing your money judge your or judge a company to be not socially responsible and I can guarantee you socially responsible does not mean creating jobs or, or uh, other things like that it means stuff like we just heard with regard to Tesla environmental uh, social and governance models and, and I would think governance would be automatic anyway. Well, but I, when you talk about Tesla, I, I mean, if you listen to our, our friend Carl, who will be on tomorrow, the the mining of all the stuff for the batteries in Russia, was it 100,000 pounds of dirt to, to for one battery? I mean, it, I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is this guy, I think this boy, was a while ago. I think this guy, there was a professor at the University of Chicago that kind of ranked these places. Otherwise... If you gave me a bunch of dough and said, "Oh, I'm going to put it in socially responsible companies," what, what does that mean? Guys that buy me a drink, 
I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, well, that's that's my that was sort of my point. I, I read this story and I, I thought, okay, so now and and again, the timing. I don't I don't believe in coincidences anymore. The timing could not have been more perfect. He tweets this thing out, and his company's then removed from this ESG. And I, I mean, it, this is just another. This is just another in a long line of things that show that 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 the people See, who I, you could you thought were you know, engaged in discussions of social justice or some kind of, of uh, you know, economic, you know, responsibility are, are simply Democrats. Um, and, and what it, what makes any, what makes somebody think they are that bulletproof? And I don't want anybody shooting anybody. Uh, this Musk character, I, I talked about a little bit. Yes, they lose. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Musk is. I don't. And, and and Elon Musk is not necessarily one of my heroes. I just the weaponizing though of investment stuff like this is right out of Ayn Rand. Well, I, and, I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to take, take the opposite view of this. Their money. You guys, you guys are you you right dudes are always easily offended and think it's it's like all about you. <laughs> I I don't think it is that. I, I don't. First of all, the, the, we have a, demonst- a democratic administration here, correct? In, in office. Well, the guy during the Trump administration, I think it was Trump. It wasn't before him. He lobs out the part about he's going to take his company over. Stock runs up. This is a, this is an investment thing. Of course, it wasn't anything like. What, what, are, we, what are we talking? I'm about talking here? about when Musk was going to take uh, the place private, Tesla private. Stock yeah, ran up, okay. and then he said, oh, my mistake, and it came running down. And, and that's when the SEC kind of half-spanked him and said, well, no, you can't be, what, chairman? Take, you know, watch out on your tweets. You can't just be doing stuff like that if you don't mean it. You know, basically shut the bleep up on these types of stuff that move markets unless you're you're making a legitimate statement and doing it. Kind of uh, like, like what he's... Kind of like what he might be doing with Twitter. That's right exactly now. my point. Now, first of all, the guy goes out and buys, what, 9% of Twitter. Well, duh... The, the the number is five percent, and when you get there, you're supposed to declare to people what you're doing. Long term investment, how much more are you going to buy, or you plan on taking over? He didn't do any of that. He blew right through it to nine percent. Now he did that through some firm, right? Now I guarantee you, if the firm was PTI, there'd be there'd be we, we wouldn't have room to sit with all the, with all the regulators would be here basically up my ass. Yet there's no there, there's no 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 spankings at all for whoever bought that for him. Now, I'm, I would know. <laughs> If the guy goes, gee, buy me 100 million shares of Twitter, uh, Elon, 100 million puts you at 9%. You can't do that. It's, it's up to... That, 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 that's fine. What does this have to do with the fact that his governance score... Well, first of all, how does... How, how how, these guys after he declares he's going to vote Republican. All right, so why would anybody in his position, breaking three or four securities laws and probably ten more than that that I can't name... Why would he give crap to the current administration that's not that's not coming after him? You'd think he'd be you'd think he'd be loving these guys. But but this is what I this is my point. Standards and Poor's is not supposed to be an arm of the Democratic Party. I don't I think I, I think somehow or another Musk has made himself Tesla. And 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 I and I think his antics with Twitter Lou, the thing first he was going to take it over, then he's not. But that no, no, no. But this, this, that was not mentioned. It, you know, this is what I find so interesting. Uh, you, you point out very you know, good terms of 
you know, hey, this is why we this guy ought to be ought to be whacked by somebody who's who's nervous about about how our large you know corporate personalities uh, walk among us in in the regulatory world. Great, perfect. I I I understand that, and I share I share your concern, but that's not what got him whacked. Well, that's what, what that's got him whacked, according to these people. According to what they said, making the score. Is is two allegations of quote racism, whatever that yeah, means, whatever that even at, means at their at their plant, and and the fact that the cars have been engaged, the self driving mechanism of the cars have been engaged in some accidents again, for which they're as far as I know, I've heard anything from NTSB saying that that these cars are, are you know fatal. Well, there's been a few, um, but I don't know, you know if it was that many. Well, 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 that that's my point, Chief. The, this is the things that you're pointing out. Are, are legitimate, I would think, legitimate concerns, but that's not what this index, which supposedly is is the be-all, end-all of, if you want to be a woke investor, look at what we're looking at our school. Yeah, I don't, I don't even supposedly know. Supposedly the be-all, end-all of this. Well, I'm with you with that. what they're pointing to. I'm with you with that, but, I mean, I guess the thing I, I have trouble with, uh, especially... People like you. The reason they're not pointing to it, I suspect, is because that would upset a lot of their their folks, their members in the S and P, who who suddenly look around and go, "Wait a minute, you're going, you're does that, you're dropping Musk's score because he games the stock? My God, you could hang all of us for that." No, not not to this extent, Lou. I mean. Nobody, no, I don't know of anybody else going back to Howard Hughes when he was going to buy ABC that is that upright on a stock and all of a sudden I was having an adult beverage with one of my guys Monday night it was last week and he goes hey something's going on with this Twitter and I go what do you mean he goes all of a sudden we explained this a little bit yesterday Lou but if, 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 you, if Lou comes out and says I want to take over we'll pick a stock here uh, you, want to, you, want to, you, want to, you want to take over McDonald's Martin. Well, say McDonald's I'm staring right at it it's 2.30 you're going to make a bid two sixty for McDonald's. Now, if you're Warren Buffett plus Lou plus a couple other people, where you know you got the cash, and usually your word is your bond, the thing is going to go to two fifty five. Sit there for a week, then it'll be two fifty six. But all the all the volatility comes out of the options. Because yes. why would anybody buy the two seventy calls if they agree to be sold to you at two sixty? I mean, nobody, everybody can figure out they're worth nothing. Well, all of a sudden, life life springs back into these calls and puts. This is like two, day, two or three days before he comes out and starts talking about the what do they call them, Manny? The, the the box or bots? The guys that open up a bunch of Twitter accounts and say they're following themselves. The bots, yeah. the bots. Yeah. So this is this is two or three days before. So somehow or another, he either leaked it himself, or he was so sloppy with his due diligence over at uh, Twitter that the, the, the Twitter I, I, I people. I get it. What? Where? Where does this uh, again? Drag me back. To the idea that that this is something that is not being considered by this socially aware and social justice regulator, what makes you standards th- and standard and poor's, this is not being considered by them. But this other silly stuff, or or uh, pardon me, this other stuff that is much more equivocal, is being considered. Okay, well, since Why since is when is is a an esteemed member of the bar? Since when do what these Idiots at all levels, politicians in these places. Since when is the reason they tell you they did something the real reason? 
Why would you blame well, him? Uh, well, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm assuming there is some kind of, you know, mendacious conduct. Mendacity. That's a great word. Yeah, I like that. Mendacious, mendacious conduct going on at at S and P. My my point is that a this is a pure political issue, and it's rather troubling to me that an investment entity that supposedly is focused on the economic aspect of life to the exclusion of pretty much everything else. In other words, your goal, your fiduciary obligation is to make money for your people. An entity that supposedly is engaged in this suddenly finds itself as as an arbiter of your social score, to use the Chinese term, your social score, that then drives billions of dollars in investment either toward you or away from you automatically. And this, this strikes me as troubling, that these guys are in the, are effectively an arm of the Democratic Party. Well, I mean, and this, this, by the way, is, is this kind of thing is, is what a lot of people further to the political right than I am say or and talk about when they talk about things like election rigging. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I always thought, Lou, that there needs to be private companies, and we didn't really need government that was involved in this stuff. And when I was a Ute a long time ago, I remember if you went out and bought, mom sent you out to buy a, an electrical cord or something, if it didn't say UL Labs on it, she sent you back. You know, they're, they're always, they're, I mean, if, if somebody's going to say I'm selling safe stuff, you're not always going to believe that person. I mean, as to why you'd believe these guys, I mean, whoever they are, I mean, I, what's the difference between that and then, you know, I know I'm off topic, but how many times I can give you examples that Dr. J could tell you when he did one to his firm where they'll hold uh, some stock is a sell, they take some big shareholder out on the bottom. Of course, they're the buyer, and they turn around and tell you it's a buy. Now, the day they, 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 I mean, yeah. the misinformation flying all over the place is, I mean, you got to duck your head for God's sake. So my 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 concern and my point is is simply this: you know, this is the same issue that you see with Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or TikTok. When when you have some an entity that occupies this kind of space. And or the ACLU, and has been in that spot for decades, on the basis that they are providing you with unbiased, you know, thoughtful information that is political, you know, not not aimed at some specific political end, other than other than economic benefit, you know, if you, you it, and suddenly that entity becomes an arm of one political party or another. I find that really troubling, number one. And number two, I find it amazing that there are investment groups that were stupid enough to tie their their funding to this thing's ratings. Why well, I, I because it's obvious it's obvious from this move that, that these ratings are are pure hot air. They're they're based on unsubstantiated or unproven allegations and sort of feelings about about what this company should should be doing like i said it would be one thing if this if this company if this rating group had come out and said look at the way he's manipulated the stock look at look at the fact that his his company 
these electric car companies is generating all this pollution by virtue of their mining and, and rare earth uh, uh, collection. Um, that's the that's the mineral, not the band. Yeah. I talked to somebody one day about about rare earth collections, and they said, "Oh, oh, do you have a bunch of vinyl?" Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, it would be one thing if they were rating and based on based on that. Well, how do you know but they aren't? Not. How do you know they're not? I mean, they might be cowtown to them. Say they're not. Well, because they might be cowtown to whoever they think their people are too. Well, I, let me put it this way: if they were coming out, I think I think this all goes back to again. These these are people who are basically Democrats and are doing whatever they can to help the Democratic Party. Because if they came out and said, "This guy's getting whacked on this ESG score because of his." His lithium, his lithium batteries, and their mining are supported by mining operations that are horribly polluting. Well, duh. Yeah. Well, what that is that every electric car company in the world and every major battery manufacturer in the world is subject to the same standards. Well, right now, do that because because right now you can't. That'll hurt our other people. Right now, you can't say anything bad about electric cars, no matter what it is. It's it's insane. Well, uh, I, I. this ESG fund just did. Well, That's what I, I think that. About it. Well, I think you've got electric cars. You've got this guy. This guy who's pushing the number one environmental, you know, product that everybody wants to have, and he is his score is lower than that of Exxon. Well, does that not strike you as ironic? I, I, I still have problems walking over the fact that he gets a half a billion dollars a quarter from other people, and has never made a dime in the country in the company on his own yet, without that money. He's kind of like, he's kind of like, um, oh, the I'm picking, I'm trying to think of an NFL player who's who's or a baseball player who's pay, playing for another team, but but isn't playing and yet has to get paid by his former team for yeah. mega bucks. Well, I mean, I, the the intelligence or the arrogance. This reminds me a lot of when what's his name owns the Cubs, uh, Rickles. Tom Ricketts. Tom Rick- Rickles, Ricketts, whatever. <laughs> you're thinking not, of Don, yeah, Don, Don Rickles. Not Don Rickles. Yeah. Well, the, the guy's now trying to... Been, that would have been an NLB. Well, the guy's that, trying to get the city to give him everything known to man. Meantime, his old man, knowing knowing uh, Ram, Ram is Democratic, the old man is is, is is out there touting the Republicans. I mean, how stupid can you be? I mean, the, the, I, guy, I, the guy's getting a pass from the Democrats. I get it. You know. I get it. But, but, but let's, again, standard and poor's is not a government entity, or at least they're not supposed to be. And uh, now suddenly, if you want to get a, and, and there are no alternatives to the S and P. Oh yeah, there are. You? Sure, there are. Like what? What? What has a comparable? What's, what's the, what the third? The third one is. Well, I should know this. If if you want to get a rating, if if you are a, by the way, Lou, they're very close to being a government entity. Just by the way, I mean, if, if you if you are a municipal bond, or if you're if you and I are co treasurers of the state of Illinois. We can probably only invest in AAA stuff. It'll say either AAA by it's it's Moody's, uh, Standard Poor's, or Fitch, or did Fitch get bought by somebody? It was okay. th- those three people were named? They're named in laws. Got it. All right. So let me go back. Then uh, again, I show my ignorance here. Let me go back and 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 ask you why there's an S and P index that, or, uh, or yeah, an S and P index for, that is. Giving a score to the number one environmentally desirable product in the world, a Tesla, that not only 
is electric and low emission, but is expensive as hell. So that the elites who who take these positions on on the environment can signal their virtue, their green virtue, with a product that only they can afford. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is a perfect, he, he's hit the perfect niche here. Why is he being whacked by this by this group if for no other reason than the fact that they are an arm of the Democratic Party, which I, I now believe, but number two, I, 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 have, I just have difficulty believing that there are, think, are investment groups with that will find enough people for whom money doesn't really matter. I think when you're that to close link, to link their investment scores and link their investments to this thing's rate, this fund's ratings, ESG uh, indexes ratings. I think Lou, that uh, you need. Does that to, not seem counterintuitive to you? Just you need as to, a you guy need, who does this for a living. You need to watch. Uh, if you were in town, we'd have you over. Maddie, bring the little one, too. She wouldn't cry during the show. We'll watch Casablanca. She would watch in me. Yeah, she and, <laughs> and I, I, want, I want you to pay close attention. Yeah, I, have a great, yeah. I have a great effect on small children. The, uh, I, I, with the, uh, oh, we'll put, we'll put Maggie sleeping next to her. She'd love it. She'd put her hand on Maggie. She'd be fine. Uh, she likes Bankman. So I want you to pay close attention to Claude Rains. When he said, I, I, I roll with, was, I blow with the wind, Ricky, and, uh, and right now the, the the wind blows from Vichy, so I'm with Vichy. I think these guys, the S and P, if the Republicans win next time, they'll be with the Republicans. I, I absolutely, I absolutely disagree with you. I think these people are, and, and I we've seen you talk, you and I talked about this before. We have seen this kind of political focus over and over again to the absolute detriment of of. Individuals who were relying on the advice of certain companies, or or who who needed certain things to happen, I I see companies taking positions. Walt Disney. We just had this discussion. About right, let's, let's talk about this after break because I I want to lead okay. you into the. By the way, I've been I've been quoting you all week. I don't know if you heard that or not. Let's see futures down thirty five. Yeah. Futures down one eleven. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. What is your nationality? I'm a drunkard. <laughs> and that makes Rick a citizen of the world. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. 
Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Thomas Brett Weber on the board. S&P futures down 35. They were down a little lower than that. They were up a little bit last night. NZF futures down 110. Dow futures down 284. Individual stocks in the Dow causing that carnage. Cisco came out with uh, revenue and earnings beat, I think. But then they they uh, said, oh, by the way, the fourth quarter doesn't look so good, and they're having trouble getting money out of Russia and uh, war-related stuff. The stock was down almost 20% last night. Uh, so now it's, uh, it's down 11 and a half. Uh, maybe it was down 15% last night. But mind you, as we go into these, uh, the sell-off here, Cisco was 65 hours in 1999. It's, it's still 4280. So the idea that everything always comes back, eh, not everything and not always, but most of the time I would have to agree with you. Uh, over in Europe we got the DAX down 277. That's 2%. This is part of the fallout from yesterday. They were closed there as we sold off the last couple hours. Puts you down 170, is 2.3%. Kek around down 111, 1.7. Over in Asia, Nikkei down 508, that's 1.9%. Shanghai is actually up 10 points, 0.3%. Hang Seng, however, the other way, down 523, 2.5%. Uh, one of the, the one, what's, what's 10 cent, man? Their, their shares are way down over there. It's one of the, the uh, companies that's going back and forth with the regulatory things. Uh, bonds, 2.83. We, we touched 3% yesterday, not today. Down five basis points. Ten year to bond under one percent now. Point nine for nine five. Japan unchanged at two at point two five. Just for the unhappy totals yesterday. Dow is down eleven hundred and sixty four. That's three and a half percent. That's a huge move. S and P down one sixty five. That's four percent. Nasdaq down five sixty six. Four point seven percent. That's you know we're, we're we're talking almost crash territory. This this is crazy stuff. Oil down one fifty six this morning. One oh eight oh three. Rent down ninety four cents. One oh eight seventeen. Uh, naturally, naturally, those things are almost equal. Oil and Brent. We've seen that spread as much as four and five hours. Natural gas down 25 cents, but still over eight bucks, eight ten. Arbob down 12 cents, 359. We're actually seeing a move down in Arbob from almost four dollars. And one of the problems with the gas, uh, just real quick, is that the, re- the refinery, the difference between what the gas should be based on oil price per barrel and the price at the, at the uh, tank is, is like three times what it normally is. The, the spread, that the refiners quote make, uh, gold up thirteen eighty to eighteen twenty nine, silver up nineteen cents twenty one seventy four, copper up two cents four nineteen, crypto, Bitcoin up nineteen twenty nine thousand two ninety one, still hanging in there, above the the numbers in the twenty thousand twenty two and twenty four people allegedly have uh, leverage on it. That that would not be a good day if it hits there. Maddie, too much stuff. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 
36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We're off to a good start on the area expressways. We do have a dense fog advisory this morning that's uh, close to wrapping up. I think that's going to go until 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, and you can see downtown it is starting to clear up from where it was uh, earlier, about a half hour ago. Uh, but uh, it's not affecting the expressways as of yet. We are seeing some red on the Kennedy, but no accidents to report. Same for the Eisenhower and Stevenson. Southside expressways are looking good. Lakeshore Drive is quiet in both directions. Only crash in the area is on the north side of the city. Addison Street is closed due to a crash with injuries. It's closed between St. Louis Avenue and North Kimball on the northwest side. And that crash happened at about 4 o'clock this morning, apparently. I don't have any other details on that, but uh, that is our only closure in the area. Weather today, as I mentioned, fog early, and then uh, temperatures are going to rise uh, later on this morning and into the afternoon. We'll reach a partly cloudy high of 84 today. Right now it's overcast and 58 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 100 today. Right now it's clear and 76. In sports, the White Sox were tied at two apiece before the Royals scored two in the sixth and two more in the eighth to pull away late and win six to two. They'll wrap up their mammoth five-game set this afternoon down in Kansas City. Uh, Sox have, and Royals have split the first four, so it's the rubber match uh, this afternoon. Uh, down in KC. They got a couple good young players in at KC. Yeah, they do. Uh, Cubs had their four game winning streak snapped last night, losing to the Pirates three to two. Hometown kid Jack Sawinski, who uh, just got called up recently uh, for Pittsburgh, and his whole family was in attendance tonight. He went to Taft High School on the northwest side, hit the game uh, go-ahead home run for the Pirates uh, to put them up three to two, and their bullpen held on to win that one. Uh, Diamondbacks lost to the Dodgers 5-3, to and the D-backs are heading to Chicago. In fact, they probably came here last night because they'll play the Cubs tonight at Wrigley, 6.40 p.m. first pitch. Chief. I heard it. I saw that was an ask you. The kid from uh, Mount Carmel is hurt pretty bad, huh? The no idea draft, who you're talking about. The kid the Cubs drafted from Mount Carmel? Supposed to be one of their, their top prospects. Hurt his hip somehow? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Uh, just as a way of... Do never accuse me of being a technical analyst because I am not. But I will say this: we yes, right now we are at the in the queues. We are two eighty eight twenty when we totally blew down, and everybody thought it was the quote bottom. And uh, what the hell were we? May twelfth, we the, the the bottom tick was two eighty four. So I think there's probably a lot of people looking to see if we hold that number. Uh, let's hope we do. I mean, we're down twenty six percent in five weeks in the queues. That's 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 an ouch. That that's going to leave a mark. Uh, yesterday, clients calling. I, you know, I, some clients had margin margin calls other places, so we got to get them. I mean, it's uh, yesterday was a bad one. We we got down to the point where people were nudging margin margin issues, and that's never good when you start selling because you have to, not because you want to. Um, Lou, we were uh, we were talking about the Disney thing, and I, I I've been quoting you all. Let me, let me just let me just. This note since Maddie, uh, I don't think Maddie did the weather. Uh, it's going to be 89 degrees here in Denver uh, today. Uh, the high tomorrow is 45. Yikes. We're, we're going to be 80 something tomorrow and 55 on Saturday. So yeah. your stuff's uh, coming this way. To have, are you supposed to have four to six inches of snow? Uh, we no. are. No, God, I would move. Yeah. We're gonna, no, no, we're it's okay. Rain, I mean, it's only going to last. The ground is warm. It's only, it's not going to stick because the ground's so warm. But but they are they are telling people now. They they were telling people 
because all of us, uh, you know, everybody with an underground sprinkler system here, and most people, a lot of people have those. Uh, every, tell you with an underground sprinkler system to, to you know, maybe maybe run it and try to get some water through it because because uh, those sprinkler heads can freeze solid. Uh, it, but it, I don't think it's going to get I don't think it's going to get that far into into freezing. I think it's only going to drop uh, like uh, twenty nine or so. Maybe you but, should. Maybe but, yeah, should uh... Plants are all out. Flowers are all blooming. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a freeze. Why don't you put a sprinkler on when it's snowing? That'd be a nice look. Uh, that has actually happened. Um, I've I've uh, been driving down the uh, the parkway here near my house, and and have with snow on the ground, and have watched the sprinklers come on. And it uh, the last time it happened was uh, two years ago when we had snow on September sixth, I think, and we got like we got like three or four inches. And it, it stuck around. It stuck around long enough for the people to have their sprinkler systems activate with uh, with snow on the ground. In our old hood, uh, Lou, there was only one house that I know of, big beautiful house right across the street from the school, um, that had an underground sprinkler system, and everybody was in awe of this thing. Like nobody even had nobody even seen one before, right? In my hood, and uh, guess what? He was an attorney. He went to jail for Operation Graylord. Just saying. <laughs> Not that, not that you're going to end up in jail because you have an underground sprinkler system. Just mentioning the correlation when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I think I, I think I pushed this out on Twitter, but I don't think I linked it to you guys. But it's like the most Chicago headline ever, and it was "Sons of Deceased Mob-Involved Attorney Involved in Red Light Camera Scam <laughs> or Red Light Camera." Price fixing or cost fixing scheme, and I just thought, perfect. <laughs> you, there, there you have Chicago in a nutshell. Or, or alternatively, the other headline that I just saw about the second discharge of a firearm inside a Chicago public school classroom yesterday occurred when an 18 year old who was out on no bail for a, for a gun possession charge circumvented the metal detectors at the school and brought a loaded handgun into the school and then shot it in the classroom inadvertently. Oh, yeah. Well, it's... The one kid had anyway, it... I don't want to get into that comment. Let's, talk, let's go on this Disney issue because we were talking about... Again, I I, I don't understand that there are people with that, that this mentality of we are going to to drop our fiduciary obligations to our customers, to our investors, in, you know, by by just filtering out a whole bunch of companies that are doing things that we don't like, like voting Republican, uh, and and that this this is a legitimate thing, and 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 we were discussing the aspect of, of you know Disney's self-immolation uh, over uh, over the. Uh, Teaching of sex education yeah. to kindergartners in Florida. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm. I was going to bring up the uh, issue, the one that I think you you have. Uh, two things have hit this week. Two of two of our. Well, first of all, first of all, why were you quoting me? Well, that's a mistake. I was quoting you, and the, the two most quotable. Even though uh, I'm going to say everybody, everybody brings a real lot of lot of stuff to the show. We got everybody, but the two the two most quotable. Uh, Comments were were Eric when he identified this managerial class that's really a danger because they're not owners, they're not shareholders, they're just they just think they run the place and should get all the money. Uh, and and uh, and and you with your your fascist uh, economic system and 
you should know this because you're the one who came up with it. This baby formula thing is exactly what you're talking about. How, oh, I know it is. How the and hell? By the way, yeah. by the way, you flatter me greatly by putting me in the same league with Eric. Uh, thank you. Well, I, I'm saying is, how is it? I'm going to I'm going to pull some of my my yeah, historical this baby formula thing. We'll we'll shift off we'll we'll, we'll shift off track off the off the ESG stuff, which I think is just crazy. Oh, it's, it's, the it's, baby formula thing is a is a classic example of what the regulatory state at work. Well, I. I it's it's also part of this. We we love the cartels. Now, I'm gonna, I'm going to say that Milton Friedman used to talk a lot in, in class because his class was so boring. It was on supply supply side <laughs> calculus, which nobody wanted to talk about. So we tried to get him off topic whenever we could. Um, so he would he would talk about th- companies. This idea that is, the bigger you get, the more efficient you are. He was convinced that once you reach a certain level, getting bigger than that is actually makes you more efficient. Like. Like Bristol Myers, which is a huge company, buying Squibb, that was a huge company. He's not, he wasn't convinced at all that that was a that was a net gainer. You know, at some point now, I'm going to say that you know, without knowing the chemistry of it, I'm going to say, Lou, that you can have a very efficient baby formula plant. You know, I, I, don't, I don't I don't know how much it would cost, but uh, in other words, there don't need to be only four of these people. I mean, whenever whenever four bought five, did only make them four. I don't know that that that, that makes thing any more efficient at all. It just gives you a cartel. How how are there well, only more, four? More importantly, and I think this is this plays directly on the shortage. More importantly, why would you restrict baby formula from outside the United States, from places like I mean, not from places like you know Bangladesh, but places like like Canada and Europe? Well, we get we get drugs from Bangladesh. It's okay for adults, not for kids. <laughs> no, I'm, I was I was making an ironic yeah, reference I, because one of the things that you and I grew up with when Bangladesh came into creation was the instant pictures of starving children oh, yeah. in Bangladesh. I mean, I don't know if they're still starving there or not, but that that's an ironic reference to your and my earlier years when that well, plus, Bangladesh Bangladesh pictures appeared on Save the Children, and John Lennon, uh, John Lennon was singing the song. Yes. So, so, in, in any event, I, my, my point is, this this entire thing, this entire baby formula thing, is is a government created, a regulatory nightmare created by the regulatory system. But but one of the interesting aspects of it is that we don't have the ability, because of some FDA regulation that I assume is protectionist, to import baby formula from Canada and I was thinking I I don't recall seeing a bunch of children dying wholesale babies dying wholesale in Canada no, from formula no. do you no I uh, somehow well plus when one of these places goes under for kind of a uh, a, a, a fluky thing one of my uh, teachers at uh, Notre Dame the guy lived like 107 father uh, Fitzgerald he was an arbitrator and something but talk about a guy that was there was no gray with this dude uh, Lou he said if he went out of town for an arbitration or a, a mediation and he stayed where nobody knew where he was, if somebody bought him a beer, he'd walk over their phone and say, I've been compromised, I'm out. Because they found him. He was, he was that black and white on things. Anyway, he, there was a, there was a group of four contractors in some city that, uh, they decided who got the contract by what day it was being let and what phase of the moon it was in. So if it was, if it was your phase of the moon, you got to bid like four hours more than the other guys, even though they were all rigged. So when you have four people left, 
Do these guys draw straws to see whose plant went down for three weeks or what? No. What happened was there were there were two infant deaths that were tied to a bacterial infection, and the FDA regulators went back to the plant that produced the formula and did an inspection and shut it down. Now, the the plant facility, which is a little more thorough than the FDA, said, "Fine, we'll we'll test." They ran they ran DNA tests on the for, on the the formula, and it contained bacterial stuff that was not in their uh, in their system. They, they couldn't find the same bacteria, number one. And number two, the bacterial DNA of, of the, that, that, that killed the two infants was different for each one. So, so you know, Abbott, the, the plant owner, is saying, what are you sticking us for? Because this looks like it came from somewhere else. Some, the, the child ingested something else, but it didn't ingest it didn't ingest formula that we made that was contaminated with this stuff because we don't have it here. It's not here. Nevertheless, FDA said we're shutting the place down. This is the way government works, which, you know, the lowest common denominator. Yeah, except you these know, guys hey, these guys are so tight with the FDA, Lou, they're wearing the same socks. Well, no, I don't think so because the FDA came in and said, you know, we, we don't, you know, science, science, we don't care about your DNA testing. We, we you know, we found a, we found a cup of coffee next to a computer keyboard. You're shut down. So they shut them down. But there was no thought process as to the impact of that of that shutdown. They just they just closed them down, and and they could not. There, there were some issues with some kind of equipment that they wanted to replace, but the FDA would not approve it, and they were dragging their feet, which is what that which is what government regulatory agencies do. In the meantime, WIC which I think used to be food stamps, but but WIC purchases of baby food, almost all of which came from this plant, were then suddenly diverted to these other facilities. And the government bought up substantial amounts of this baby food because they had to ship it to a variety of places, including the southern border. This well, is that's, the Republicans that, that's what I'm saying. Have. Lou, you, 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 you and your, your friends on the show, and Weber too, have infected me to the point now where all I do is look to see, okay, who, who benefited from this? And uh, you, know, you were you weren't in Chicago then, but uh, Jewel used to own. Uh, I think they owned was it Dean's Food, Dean's Milk or something. They had a huge facility that, that bottled milk out in Melrose Park. And all of a sudden, one day, somebody decided that somebody got I don't know, it was botulism or some you know, horrible thing. Out of some Dean's milk, Lou. They tore the place apart for I don't think it ever reopened, and they couldn't find anything at the plant. They took every single pipe, every nozzle, every whatever it was. They never found it, and I don't. I think they they buried the place so bad. I don't think they ever reopened, and maybe they did. I don't know. A long time ago, but all, now all I think of is okay, who caused the botulism? Who who was able to now produce milk at ten cents more a gallon than before? Somebody somewhere is benefiting from this Abbott fiasco. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure they are. It, it could be somebody got to the FDA. I, I don't know. I, I will tell you though that that the the Biden people 
and, and, and I, I blame this on Biden because it's his federal executive agency. The, the Biden people have now demonstrated that this was a, this was a, a government cause shortage because they promptly turned around and lifted the, lifted the, uh, restrictions on the plant. They waved their magic wand. Guess what? It's all healthy again. Abbott can resume production in two weeks. <clears throat> then, they, then they, <coughs> excuse me, waved their magic wand and said, guess what? We can import baby formula from Canada now. So now we got baby formula coming back in. I mean, <clears throat> it is, it, you're right. Your, your comment that this was the quintessential government regulatory mess up is, is exactly correct. And, and this is, reinforces a lot of what I think about our regulatory. But every time state. this happens, Lou, somebody makes money. And, our, and none of this would happen if, if the Lou's description wasn't there. If we had 25 places, one every two states, which wouldn't be a whole hell of a lot, making baby formula, and five of them went under, we wouldn't even know. It's like somebody, somebody decided he's not going to plant corn this year. Who cares? Doesn't even affect the market. But once you get down to two and three and four people, you've got a problem. Right? Yes. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. And, and, and we, we drift toward this kind of system. Uh, but, but as, as you and I have talked about over and over again, the, the, the regu- the ability of the regulated company to evade government regulation, generally, to, to skate away from government whatever, and ultimately prevail <clears throat> is always there because the companies have a longer view than the government regulators. And I'm going to direct well, you now, your attention to the, the, uh, KC-46. And I'll bet you don't even know what that is. That's the, that's the tanker. The 707 it, tanker. Yes. It's not a 707. It's a, it's a 767, I think. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the original one was a 7. It was a K, uh, 130, right? KC-135. KC yeah, yeah, 135. I have, I have lots of hours on KC-135s. So the KC-46 comes online after, after like 15 years of fighting between Airbus, which had manufactured an airplane that looked like it had won the bid. Then Boeing comes in protests. It turns out that Boeing has a former official who's working for the Secretary of the Air Force, and she's rigging the bid process. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Boeing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we talked about that when it was oh, yeah. happening. So, so finally, Boeing, finally Airbus says, you know what? We're not going to play in this space. We were going to open a facility in Alabama, et cetera. We're out of here. So Boeing gets the contract. The plane comes online and it can't use its aerial refueling system, which they've had like two decades to play with. It doesn't work. So the Air Force com- Air Force says, you got to fix this. And Boeing says, okay, we're going to work on it. And they put the same diligence towards their, their uh, this may be, by the way, I can't believe they're getting out of Chicago because this is very Chicago, what they did. They start working on it with the same diligence that they're working on their, uh, their uh, spaceship, the rocket ship that's supposed to take people to the moon, that, that can't get off the ground while Elon Musk, yeah. the, the, the guy who's a bad environmentalist, is firing 10 rockets a month up, up to the space station and in orbit. Um, Boeing brings the same dedication to fixing this problem as, as they, they do their, their space uh, program. And, of course, it doesn't work. They can't get it to work. 
Boeing, Boeing is supposed to pay for this. This is their fault. And yet, what was it, a month ago, it was announced that the Air Force is going to pick up the tab to get this system repaired so that the aircraft can actually refuel airplanes in flight the uh, way they're supposed to? Lou, they should never have allowed the merger with McDonnell Douglas, right? And they, and they probably that, that, that was that was the merger. I don't know about whether they should have allowed it, but that was the merger. Well, so I mean, here, here's Boeing. Used to be this this really really good company, but once you stop competing, the last time during during the uh, when did they give them the huge order when they were down on their luck on the seven thirty sevens? They gave them the huge order to go how many billion dollars to fix all the B fifty twos? Just just out of the blue, here's here's thirty billion to hit this way. Oh, trust me. Having flown on a B-52 more than a few times, I can tell you they needed it. I, I, and what I'm saying is, does, I mean, who calculates the number? I mean, I mean, how, how strict are people? When there's nobody else that can do it, you just just pile the uh, crap I, in there. I, I, I agree. The minute Airbus, the minute Airbus stepped away from that contract, Boeing had zero incentive to move this to move this thing forward. I I, I do look at it as sort of classic. Bureaucratic gamesmanship, where where whoever the top flight executives were that they had in charge of that program, that the minute Airbus dropped out, somebody in Boeing said, "Okay," or all these executives said, "Okay, we got this. I don't need to be here anymore. This is not a promotable job. I'm going on to the next thing, our rocket program or whatever." You know, it, it's it's astounding to me. That, that this kind of thing exists and, well, and they're moving, continues to exist. They're moving to Washington because I'm going to say the, the corporate effort now all involves you know, always did involve quite a bit, but now like all involves the government, getting the next big chunk of change out of them to maintain their inefficiency. The idea there isn't a, I mean uh, I guess the other two guys, uh, Lockheed is still uh, uh, a competitor in the, in, the, in the military space, right? Um, and who's the other guys? There's, there's, who's the other one? There's Northrop. They're still around, right? Oh, well, Northrop, Northrop Grumman, yeah, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Boeing, who else? BA, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition in that kind of space. BAA Systems, um, and then, and then the whole, the whole European consortium, which, by the way, just announced sixth generation fighter program, which looks pretty good to me. What the. Uh, we had uh, Wayne uh, Madsen on the other day, and uh, he he was pretty convinced that uh, the the Russians have lost massive amounts of their equipment and, and a lot of their people, and are kind of you know even though they're still putting a lot of hurt on the Ukrainians, that they're not exactly winning. Are you, do you do you concur with that? I think it's I think it's going into the kind of long term stalemate at which the Russian military, you know, or not stalemate, but the long term kind of conflict of just mass. Where they're just shooting artillery shells at them, in which the Russian military excels. Most of the equipment they lost, by the way, was old and badly maintained. But, but the estimates are right now that they've had they've had twenty five thousand plus killed, which is remarkable for what a sixty day or ninety day war. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I mean, real, real quick, we got to get over to Dan. But one of my it was a question. This well, actually somebody sent me it. One of the listeners, it had to do with why the Russians are having so much trouble, and. uh Said it's all corruption. One one of the guys was in charge of the tank manufacturers. One of the guys that owns a super yacht. 
I, I got to believe that. Oh, the I, oh, I, I absolutely, I absolutely believe that. I, I mean, imagine, imagine what would happen here in the United States if if we put people into the field and their rations had expired in two thousand five. That's what that's what was happening. Good. Yeah. Lou, take care of yourself. If it's going to get warm, you don't have to worry about shoveling the snow. It'll just go away. Turn your sprinklers on. <laughs> I want a picture that's of the sprinklers on. That's, that's our snow removal plan here in Denver. It'll melt. Uh, Talk to you guys later. Take me a picture of the sprinklers on while it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> take care of yourself. SB Futures. Hey, we're coming back. Rolling down 30. NASDAQ Futures only down 99. Be right back, Mr. Danjanitas. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Dr. Jacks. I'm Tom Thomas, Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down 34, and NASDAQ Futures down 111. Do we have Mr. Dan with us? We, we do. Dan from Credit Capital is going to tell us all about what what the hell. Go <laughs> take that wherever you want. Where, what was yesterday all about? Where did the rally come on Tuesday? I, I, I had no idea where that came from. And then yesterday I thought we'd be down a little bit, but it wasn't like we piled on any extra puts or anything. Dan, where did that come from? I mean, the target, obviously. Um, why is why was everybody so shocked? You think? You know, last night's uh, Cisco is about as bad. Uh, what, what's happening here? Just, we're just talking about a big repricing, or what? What? What's the deal? Uh, yes, I do think. I definitely think it's a repricing. Um, 
I think uh, you hit it on the head with target, or you hit the target um, with target. Their um, combination of, um, you know, just being a household name and something that pretty much everybody can relate to when they're thinking of the, the consumer spending. Um, you know, the same thing happened the day before with Walmart. Um, I have a unique uh, take on those companies. I think there's some issues with middle management, and I think they have some hiring issues that go way beyond the um, supply chain issues and the pricing issues as well. But I think they need to get their act together more in terms of their middle management and managing their employees and managing their operations. Um, and I say that for people who have worked at various levels of that organization who I've known and also having done homework with them on them in the past. So um, the, I think what's, what's happened is, yes, we are seeing a repricing. I think we're going to see... Uh, new sort of a new norm for pricing, um, which is th- kind of the same thing that happens in the housing market, if you will. And um, we have to adjust to these new lower prices, um, just as we may have to be adjusting to new higher prices in the grocery store or at the gas pump. We need to be uh, at, the, at this moment adjusting to lower prices or new lows, um, and new norms on the low side for some of the equities. The main equities, however, that have been impacted, I would say, would be tech names, larger tech names that have been overvalued. They're probably already starting to come into um, equilibrium. Um, I think what happened the, um, yesterday was a little bit of a shock because I don't think people anticipated that uh, Target would be on that list. Costco would be on that list. Walmart would be on that list. So I think it's coming home. You know, people are realizing that what we're dealing with when, with inflation, with a slowing economy, is currently going on. It's not something that's going to happen in the future. It's already here. So we're in the midst of it. And I don't think we see any correction or, um, or any good, good news coming out in the near term. I mean, we see higher, continued higher um, prices across the board, not only in, you know, products and Services, but in areas that we kind of least expected, and those those are going to be sticky. I've said from the very beginning that wage inflation is an issue. We've been at that point in the longer term cycle for a while. The mature part of the cycle, it's typical to see wages um, go up as the demand for employment goes up. And one thing that's happening with these companies is that there's then and sort of you know sort of been two things that are happening. There, there are the companies that are um, trying to get more employees, they're paying more, they're dealing with higher labor costs, they want to pass as much of that on to their consumers as they can, but they still want growth, and they want growth at the same level. You know, they want to pick up from where they left off. Then there are, this, then there are these other companies, and for these other companies, they're having trouble finding new people, so they say, okay, rather than being open five days a week, we're going to just be open three days a week and we're going to run a lot more productively, and we're going to still have the cost, our fixed cost, but we do have a lot of variable costs as well that we can get rid of. So, I mean, I'm even thinking of a local uh, uh, relatively new restaurant here that has cut its hours hours to five days a week from 4 to 9 p.m., and it takes off-season now seven days to get a reservation for two, which is absolutely absurd in a, a town... As small as as Punta Gorda, but 
but I guess the point I'm making is that yeah, they don't have to pay their 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 cooks and their and their wait people as much. They don't have to pay the host. They don't have to pay um, the electricity and all that. Um, you know, some of the customers are going to end up going elsewhere, but they can keep. You know, if they can keep a a week long, you know, if they have a, if it takes a week to get a reservation there, and they're still packed when you're there, they're operating at full capacity, but just for a small amount of hours. So think about that situation. What does that mean, and what would that mean for a corporation doing the same thing? Well, the good news is that they're they're profitable. So that's why when we see earnings, we say, oh wow, these companies are producing good earnings. They're profitable. Well, yeah, but they they're profitable at a new price level, at a new price point, um, and. They have those companies have managed to deal with supply chain issues and labor issues in a way that has sort of changed. It, you know, it's created a whole new norm for how they're doing business. So that's you know that's happening, and I think at the same time there are those companies that are still trying to get their labor force back to normal, trying to get their operations back to normal, meaning pre-COVID, and we're in this sort of transition stage. In the meantime, we're going to see um, we're going to be surprised. I think the sentiment is generally negative, and the you know, investor sentiment, I should say. What happens when you see names like Target, Walmart, Costco, Netflix? Um, then, when you see those names get hit, then you start having consumer confidence go down. And so consumer confidence is also very important, related to investor confidence, but it's a very important indicator of future um, prices in the stock market, future stock prices. So I think we have a, a number of things happening. I don't see a whole lot of good news on the horizon. Um, there's a lot of people talking about things getting back to normal. I don't see things getting back to normal. I think this environment is going to last um, at least for the next year. I do think we're going to see further inflation, and it's going to hit us in some of the areas that we're currently seeing it, like food, gas, um, rents, um, but it's going to it's going to hit us in other areas as well that we weren't expecting. And I think a combination of that is going to put the consumer, you know, I, I don't know if I put them into the fair category, but at least they're going to be backing off. It's very possible we see a technical recession this year. Um, people keep pushing it out. Well, a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. You know, just think negative growth for two consecutive quarters. We're there. We're there, yeah. We're, there. So, we're not a doubt um, we're there. That, that's very likely to happen, and that's going to put pressure on consumer sentiment and investor sentiment, therefore, sell. And, again, the way the algos work and on the equity side and the way fear works in our market, as you know, is, is you know, I want to get out. And, you know, everyone else is getting out. I better get out because this seems a little more permanent. Well, it's, uh, when yesterday was somewhat of a carnage and we've got there's a lot of margin calls going on uh but i mean dan you and i when you know before you came on i've been talking about it forever Matty knows uh, board board with me talking about it for a decade is this some we were we were out of balance everywhere now i don't know if, if, if this is getting ourselves back into balance i don't think it is it's just causing hurt at this point uh but you talk about the people who never got a raise since 2000 you know, I'm not saying never, but never kept up with what was going on. But, yes. but the the entire, and I'm not blaming this on Trump, the entire Trump administration and even the people before him, what are you talking about? Everything has to be good 
the market's fine. If you just would if you just would have invested in you know X Y Z, you'd be rich. Who cares about your job? You know that, that was almost like a 1929 mentality, right. and 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 that is, I mean, most people at the, at the end of the day, you should be able to your your wealth should be. I make a hundred bucks a week. We live fairly comfortably on eighty, and I'm putting twenty in the bank. And now, if I can take the twenty in the bank and put it in at Tesla at five bucks, have it run to seven hundred, you know that's icing on the cake, and, and that's a great way to you know. We, you and I obviously have spent our life to have people do that, right? So, but that, but that's not. You can't just look at the stock market and say everybody's okay, which we've been doing now for what two decades. No, exactly. I agree. And now all of a sudden, but I mean, these numbers. I just did the calculation on Walmart. This guy's got uh, uh, two point seven billion shares outstanding. You multiply it times the money they just. We're talking one hundred nine billion dollars out of people's sheets, out of people's pocket, out of people's ass, basically in the right, last five yeah. weeks. And then you add it up to all these companies. What, what was uh, what's uh, Target? Um, um, that it's not one hundred billion. It's, it's fifty billion. And everyone, these are starting to add up, right? Yeah, it does. It, it does start adding up, and I think you're making a really good point in saying that what has been substituted for where some of the savings goes isn't a diversified portfolio that's being risk. You know that where the risk is being managed by a professional portfolio manager or professional manager like someone like you or me. What we're talking about is somebody who's taken that money and put it into names like Amazon and and. Tesla and thinking that those are oh those have been going up you know they've been steady eddies we we can make money here and then again those people that have gone into crypto as well that that have seen that as another way of you know they put a lot of their their savings if you will into those names or their profits let's say from selling a home because I've heard that from three clients this week who who have their own personal accounts for that stuff. And they've all had the same situation that they, you know, we've already lost the profits we we, we uh, made on our homes. And, I, you know, my, my thing back to them is, you know, I'm still here. You know, I think it's a time to take, you know, maybe take back a little bit of, bit of that, put it back into your more conservative um, income-generating income portfolio because that's what you need, for one. And coming going forward, that's what's going to perform well. You know, as rates go up, there are going to be more opportunities. There already are a few more opportunities and, and high-yield bonds. And you need that protection because you don't have that protection when you're going all out on, um, you know, when you're considering a name like uh, Tesla or a, uh, you know, you're treating it like it's a, a conservative investment. Well, some people, uh, Dan, I mean, for those that don't know, Dan does some work with some of the firms that I do work with. I mean, and, and I mean, I'm very high on the man. I'm the one want to recommend him and uh, not not a bit ashamed of that and, and proud of it. Uh, I'm going to say, Dan, in a normal, if we were to ratchet back, say there's, pick a number, $200 million that we're, we're involved with, right? If you, if we went back 20 years, you would have 60 of it. I would probably have 60 or 70 in my protected program. And the guys who are a little younger, the investors, it would be a little more, would be in some of the other guys that we have that do the the worldwide portfolios and and try and pick some of the better stocks and do those kinds of things. That that should be the ratio. It's nowhere right. near that. I mean, it's, we know that it's nowhere near that. Every I mean, six months ago, if I would have said, which I we haven't because we haven't been doing it that long since all we did was go up all those years. 
We did it back in the day, the protected program, and now recently by fan demand. We've, we've been doing it the last few years again. Uh, not that I forgot how to do it, but everything's different this time. But my point is, there are people, if I would have said, I can give you a protected program and I can get you 10% a year, which I never would say because you can't guarantee anybody, Somebody would say, "Well, I'm, I want 25." I, I know, I know a guy who always, who always exactly. gets 20. What if I would have said 25? They always knew a guy who got 50. I mean, whatever right. it was, they right. knew a guy. It was like me saying, "I know a plumber." The South Side guy is right. different. I, I know a plumber. I'm not going to tell you a guy to get you. I, I can find a plumber for you to do a good job. That's a whole different kind of guy than saying, "I got a guy that'll get you 50 percent." No, he can't. <laughs> you give me a break. Who is he, Harry Houdini? I mean, I mean. Uh, so you're that. absolutely right. No, you're absolutely right, and that's, that's exactly what I'm seeing as well. And it's it's a um, you know I, I'll tell a story about a name that I, I'm excited about. You know, we'll go back to one that did that did well during the last few days. Um, Black Hills did relatively well. Um, you know, since we started mentioning it, you know, the stock was in the low 60s. Now it's in the mid to high 70s, and it pays a decent dividend. You know, another utility otter. Um, OTTR ticker symbol. We started recommending it in the you know right around sixty, and it hit sixty five yesterday. Um, it actually traded up in the middle of all this mess um, because people are looking for well managed, um, stable cash flow, decent dividend yield, um, and what's happened is, like you're saying, oh that's you know people are seeing that oh that's boring, that's not enough. I can get you know I can get twenty five percent on on you know in a month on on names like Amazon, Tesla, um, in, in you know Alphabet, but um, not anymore. And it would be the same thing as saying, "Yeah, my home value has gone up a lot in this environment." And by the way, I'm going to buy another home just because you know I think I think this is the way to go. So um, I mean, it's the same. If you think about how how the logic goes, is what I'm trying to say. It would be as silly as saying because my home value has gone way up, I'm going to buy another home, because it's done well. And that's really what, you know, as investors, we know that we have to have a certain discipline, and when names have traded up beyond where they should be valued, that's when we need to look at trimming, we need to look at other alternatives, we need to realize that we don't want that much exposure to one name, um, or one particular category of investments, one sector, or one industry. And that's, and that's, I think you're making a really good point that that's happening with some individual investors because it has been easy money for a while. It won't be. I can promise it will not be going forward the next few years. Well, plus, Dan, and in it's some a, cases, like you're saying, it's going to be, it's already been carnage. It's going to be more carnage. Well, I, I'm, um, I'm real worried about the housing market and I'm, I'm paralyzed worried about this Bitcoin, especially when I know all the leverage that's on that thing. It's not supposed to yes. be any leverage. But I, what you're, what you're at, what you're saying though, Dan, is so, for for you and I, it, it comes, you know, like uh, like bread and butter because we've been doing this. We don't, we don't fall in love. I mean, you, you like the places that you go see because you like the managers and so forth. But you you don't fall in love with them. You you right. like them. You like them. Why you still like them at a price? But these people, they, these people, a lot of retail people fall in love with the places. But also, if 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 say there was no indexes and uh, way back in the day before there was even a Kansas City value line. And somebody came to like you and I and said, "Well, and, you know, in those days, a million dollars a lot of money." And say, "I need to, I need to, I want a diversified portfolio." I mean, you and I would probably pick, you know, it's got to be at least twenty stocks, probably. And so we put, you know, fifty grand in twenty stocks, right? So at the end of the year, um, hopefully, 
most of them are going to be worth at least 53 grand or something or 54 and we're going to have a couple of clunkers and we might have one guy that doubled and you and I are going to say all right well the guy who doubled he's now you know 10% of our portfolio and we only want him as 5% so we got to sell some of him and all of a sudden you're going to whoa 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 you're you're selling my winner <laughs> you know right, right. it's so counterintuitive to to essentially sell the winner and maybe even buy some more of the losers Figuring right. that because the, the next year is next year, not last year. Right. But it takes it took you and I how many years to know that? Well, right. if, you're, if you're in a trading, well, if you're in a trading, yeah, pit, and you see it reinforced over yeah. time in different market environments, and that's the way it works. And that's how we've been allowed to make it. It's two things: it's being able to make money, and then also being able to manage the risk so that you don't lose money, that you retain capital, and that capital preservation is such a key part of uh, an investment strategy, especially as people are, are approaching retirement. And also, as you know, if you lose money, it takes a lot longer and it's a lot harder to make it back. It's not a, it's not a, um, an even um, relationship. Money that goes down, you, you, you lose 10, you have to make 11 to get back to break even. So it's, it's um, I think, understanding those basic principles and then seeing them in action. And uh, for some people, they're learning that lesson kind of at a late point, maybe, possibly at a late point in their career, but it's not too late um, because we still have some great ideas, and I see yeah. going forward, I see good news coming in the, you know, in some of the more income-oriented areas. People are already putting money into fixed income as a flight to quality. High-yield bond spreads have widened out to 450, which means you're getting 4.5% more than treasuries, and if your short treasuries are already giving you 25 that's 7%. Well, to a lot of people, seven doesn't sound too exciting, but I'll take seven percent all oh, day God, long yeah. yes. over, you know, what's going on in the environment now, and, and and it's a good return. I mean, the average return, if you can get between six and ten percent on average, you're doing pretty good. You know that that um, you know without a whole lot, you know, managing that volatility so that the volatility does not drop you down into those ranges where you have to now crawl your way back up. Um, and, and, you know, there are, you know, like I said, there are good opportunities there. Um, if you have to kind of, you have to have a different mindset, which is the mindset that we have. You got to think long term and you got to see what's happening right now. You have to be realistic and you have to watch what's happening right now because it is happening. If somebody's saying, uh, you're hearing that someone from Bank of America or whatever talking about, oh, well, we don't see a recession until 2024. Well, you know, wake up. We may see one. You know, we may have a recession in 2022. You know, we, 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 <laughs> we think you know prices will continue to go up. Well, these people are not really paying that careful attention to the day to day of what's going on. They're also not paying that careful attention to the specific companies and stocks. So I think you you know it was a good example of Target because that's a company. I I have a cousin who was in very senior management there. He left about a year ago just because of all the you know the the management issues that they were having at the middle management level. And although the stores, if you walk into a store, you know, you can get what you need pretty easily. Um, you know that people shop because prices there are reasonable. They don't have much room on the price side. There's, their margins are squeezed already. It's like a grocery store. So there's not a whole lot of room. And then all of a sudden they raise their prices and people say, hey, I'll go across the street to, to Walmart. So, or I'll, I'll buy it on Amazon. So they, there, you have to really understand the business model and also the management team and the management approach, um, and not just you know kind of 
say, oh, this makes sense, and it's been up this much, so it's going to continue to go up. So, Well, Dan, look um, at, uh, I think you do a lot of this, and you got to do, like, was it was it Matty Weber who said, was it in the movie, uh, all, of, all of the, the, the what, uh, the, uh, what, the Nixon break-in? Watergate. Yes, Watergate. Uh, yeah, Watergate yeah. Follow the money. Yes. In, in, instead of, and I think you do this, and I think well, we certainly do on this end, because Maddie and I are always talking about it on OAN. Instead of looking for some, you know, wise and gnome with some beard like he came off Mount Everest to let you know when we're in a reception, which is touched BS, I can't even go there. Look okay. around Look around at the people you see. Yeah. And like Wayne Madsen said, he says, the one thing wrong with the Biden administration they need a couple people in the White House that actually that actually look outside at the real world. Because they're totally insulated by people that, that don't. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. But, I mean, if you look around and say, okay, I'm going to say 85% of the population has been in recession now for quite some time, and where are those people liable to shop? And the answer is Target yeah. Walmart. So how, right. how are Target Walmart not feeling the pain of their clientele? Yeah, I... I absolutely agree with you, and I, I think the analogy about the the administration, I, I'll take it one step further and say that what happens when you have that mentality and when you, when you have that sort of buffer, if you will, that sort of keeps keeps you away from what's going on on Main Street is that you end up becoming reactive rather than proactive, and you're always chasing, you know, you're chasing, you know, baby formula, you're chasing um, higher gas prices, you're chasing, you know, our utilities, you know, it, it's always a chase game rather than saying, hey, we're in this environment, we have some economists that we really believe are good who are saying this is a, you know, we should, we will expect to see more inflation. We need to put a little light, of, maybe not just a little light, of a major kick to the Federal Reserve to sort of get moving so that this doesn't drag out any longer than it really needs to. Let's sort of get, get through this period. We know it's coming. And, um, and that I think you know I agree with you. I think we have to see, and I even think the people on the Fed have to see what's going on day to day, rather than just looking at numbers that are two months old, you know, and in some cases three months old, and may not even directly impact what the the average consumer is looking at every day. Certainly, like I said, we are we are seeing something very different here in Florida. We're actually seeing a little bit of an exodus because prices have gone on rents have gotten too high and. For those of us who live year round, we're okay with that. But but there's there are pressures on the market that are not being um, realized and not being talked about until after they happen. Well, so uh, it's are, are, that's the you know for for money management, you do it, you you try to anticipate risk and you you want to have um, enough in your portfolio, and that might include even having things like gold and silver still, even though they haven't done anything. But it's it's having the, having um, your portfolio uh, protected from, you know, a crazy shock um, of a couple of stocks that could potentially snowball and, you know, um, cause a lot more losses. Well, did you listen to, uh, I, I, not a, well, I should have the time, but I don't, to go through a lot. <laughs> guy was saying that even though some of these stocks have gotten cratered, you look at how well they were doing during the COVID, some of these things. Yes. They're, even though the stocks are down 75%, their P.E. ratio is worse now than it was then. That's pretty right. awful. <laughs> I never even thought that could happen until this guy mentioned it. I mean, you know, as cynical as I could be, I'm like, that can't, that can't be right. But look at, I mean, Dan, I think, look, look at the Netflix. I was just looking at that one. Uh, you look at, it was 600 bucks. Now what? It's 170 or something? I mean, it's somewhere yeah. in there. 
176. If you just if you just parachuted in from Mars and, and went to look at Netflix and trade in 176, you look at the P ratio and you look at everything. You you would it would never dawn on you that this the stack should be 600, would it? No, not at all. And, and I think Netflix is a good example, though. And like I was talking about Target, I think in terms of their some of their strategy and their pricing policy, and and there, there are other things going on in those companies that are that you know you need to be paying attention to if you're a consumer. Um, I know some consumers have been paying attention to that, but those are the things that are also driving the you know subscription base down, where they have alternatives, they can find other content. Much better prices, and they're not paying. They're not locked into these high subscription fees, so they can just watch. Um, you know, what was the guy's name? Chris Wallace, or whatever, who was going to go on for that show that he was. You know, he was going to. You know, you would have to pay a premium just to watch a guy that you normally could watch on cable for for free. So that's a that's a management move that I think was not very um, smart, and I think it, you lose the confidence of the consumer. Same thing happens with other retail. Um, companies as well. So naturally, you're going to take the PE ratio down. You're going to be re- you've kind of repriced it, if you will, and it's taken into account some of the stuff going on that is concerning, um, and it's going to become more concerning with some companies if they're not adapting to this new environment in the right way. Well, Dan, why do you suppose, real quick? I mean, this is a, this is a question, of course, you can't really answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Why do you suppose, with allegedly all the education we have in this country, the economic knowledge? That if if somebody's rent just went up and their mortgage just went up, and by the way they they bought gas on the way into the Target, so they're down two hundred bucks a month from where they were six months ago. How does anybody not get that that's going to affect the Target? The, you and the I target? think alike. You and, you and I think alike because <laughs> I've been asking the exact same question every single day. Well, either you're like, going to pull it. How, gonna... how is it not affecting? How is, are people not paying attention? Is I think, honestly, Tom, part of the reason is that they do have a little extra cash still sitting around. If they've been working from home, they have, they've had a lot more flexibility. They, um, they haven't had to spend on certain items, whether it be clothing or, or gas prices or, or food. Um, so there have, you know, there's a little, little bit of money still in their mind. Um, but what they haven't done is they haven't calculated, they haven't quite calculated in yet that this is, this is a permanent thing and it's, you know, it's going to be staying around for a while and, um, yeah, I would, I would, Dan, we got a we got a dash, but I, I think a lot of the big squeal about going back to work is the the normal commuting expenses have been oh, absorbed wow. by other stuff. Now, if you pile that back on without a raise, you're you're, you're in the hole. Right, absolutely. Dan, Dan, thank you. Good stuff as usual. S and P futures down forty four. We're we're leaking again. S and P futures down one thirty six. Back, Mister Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. 
That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices, along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Mr. Matt Weber, the board. And we thought we might have a reprieve last night. It was up a little bit, but not so. Uh, SP Futures down 47. NASDAQ Futures down 143. I got the QQQs in the pre-market at uh, 287.60, which is only like three points away from the the uh, somewhat, everybody thought, climactic low of a couple of weeks ago at 284. I'm not a big technical guy, but we'll ask Russell in a minute whether he thinks that, that number is anything if we breach it. I think some people think it is. Dow Futures down 338. Uh, individual stacks, I don't see anything really going crazy. Well, Cisco's down 552, which is 11%. That's a lot. As uh, they said, they, man, I think they said they were having trouble getting money out of Russia, which of course makes sense since we're trying to uh, stop money coming from out of there. And they, they said the fourth quarter looks dismal. So even though their numbers were good, the, 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 the phone call was bad. Let's put it that way. Over in Europe, uh, DAX down 227, 1.6%. FTSE down 158, 2.1%. CAC around down 127. That's a full, that's uh, 2%, so they're kind of right in the middle on that. Over in Asia, kind of mixed. The Nikkei's uh, down 508, 1.9%. Shanghai's actually up 10. Um, 
0.3%. Hang Seng down, whack, 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 down 523. It's 2.5%. And uh, 10-cent shares, I guess, are getting hammered over there. Um, I don't really know what those guys do, but uh, Medium sure does. Uh, 10-year yield down, we touched 3%, now we're down to 28 uh, down 8 basis points this morning. A little bit of a flight to quality there. Bun down 9 basis points to uh, 0.92. It was over. It was only 104 the other day. Uh, Japan, uh, we actually they're down a basis point, but 0.24. They've been stuck at 25 for like forever. Yesterday, the bad news, Dow's down 1,164. It's 3.6%. S&P down 165. It's over 4%. NASDAQ down 566, 4.7. I never thought I'd be saying these. These kind of numbers when, when something bad didn't happen, like, you know, an asteroid or something. Uh, oil down 259.107. Brent down a dollar 75, 107.36. Natural gas down 26 cents, 810. Actually, our Bob down 13 cents. I'm going to say this topped out at four bucks and we're down to 358. So there actually has been a big drop in wholesale price gases, wholesale price of gasoline in the, uh, just for those of you who don't know what our Bob is, it's the wholesale price of gas in New York Harbor, just so you know. Uh, gold up 13.70, 18.29. Silver up 12 cents, 21.66. Copper up 3 cents, 4.21. And Bitcoin up at 174, 29,426. Hanging in there, Eddie. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We have a couple of crashes piling up here on the area expressways. Dan Ryan Express Lanes on the northbound side, right at the Chinatown feeder ramp. There is a crash. And it looks like on the outbound Stevenson, there's a crash uh, at California that's been moved to both shoulders. That's causing a significant slowdown on the outbound I-55 Stevenson Expressway. And then out west on the Tri-State, there's a disabled vehicle blocking the right lane of the northbound uh, Tri-State just before St. Charles Road. And that's causing stop-and-go traffic and delays of up to 20 minutes trying to navigate around that. So uh, some uh, traffic building out there if you're heading in this morning. But our fog advisory is starting to thin out. It says it's in effect until 8 a.m. Still some fog out in the area, but not as bad as it was this morning. Weather today, the fog and clouds will clear up and we'll see some sunshine and warm temperatures this afternoon, a high of 84. Right now it's overcast and 59 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunny with a high of 100 today. Right now it's clear and 77. In sports, White Sox lost to the Royals last night 6-2, to splitting the first four games of their five-game set. They'll play the rubber match this afternoon. Cubs lost to the Pirates, snapping their four-game winning streak 3-2 to last night. They'll welcome the Diamondbacks into town tonight, who lost to the Dodgers yesterday 5-3. to Chief. The, uh, we have a professor? Yes. How are you, bud? Thank you for uh, coming on. Your day, your day back from Spain. Uh, what do the Spanish I, ladies think of professors and cardigans? Um, I was a professional in Spain. I wasn't a professor. Ah, what's the difference? Uh, now that now that school years over with, I get to go to the consulting firm I work for, EQ Derivatives. Ah, it was our U- European conference, and next week is our global conference. Where do you go in for Vegas. the global conference? Like the, the North Pole or what? Las Vegas, baby. Oh man. <laughs> okay. But hey, so during the conference, yeah, I was listening to you, and you were talking about how you're you're a bit worried about the crypt, about the Bitcoin. Yeah. Um. I, the the buy side people that come to our conference are like a, a, a lot of the big pension funds, but then a lot of the big high end derivative volatility managers. Um, only five percent of firms there had have done anything in the crypto space. 
Uh, I'm I'm just concerned about every every time. Which, well, there's always an issue in the world. Every time it has to do with leverage and somebody mm-hmm. not knowing where the leverage is. And ever since people have been borrowing money, lending people money on this Bitcoin, I've been worried. And that allegedly MicroStrategy has a huge chunk that if it gets to 22, they get a margin call. Yeah. And somebody else is in like the 26 range. I mean, yeah. You know, that's, that's what, I mean, you and I know that's what, that's what causes oh, yeah. problems. No, there, there, there could be some problems, but I don't think it's, I don't think it would cause like a long-term capital systemic problem. No, I just, I think that there's a yeah, lot of that's, that, that's where I want to rest everybody's mind today. Cause I, I, I get fielded that question periodically. I mean, if you take Bitcoin and you slap it in the S&P 500, I think they're, I, I don't know where we're at right now, but at one time it was around the 20th largest stock. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's yeah, yet which, another. Yeah, which is, you know, the equivalent of a pretty good size, but not a behemoth going out of business. Well, yesterday, I mean, we got wind of all kinds of margin calls flying around, uh, which oh, really? we didn't have any, thank well, God. So, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's when you're going to see somebody sell the apple he never wanted to sell because he has a margin call, yeah. right? I mean, it's, that's, uh, the drill on that, and I'm very worried about the housing industry. I mean, I'm two weeks right a- there with you on that one. Two weeks ago, uh, Audrey, our real estate consultant, called the top <laughs> because of a couple of houses that she knew sold uh, without appraisal, without inspection. That's how much people wanted the house. And she says, when it, when it gets I to didn't that think state, you could do that. Sure, you can. I, I thought that was like part of the legal process. Well, no, if, if you if you bought your place say at 270 and you say without appraisal and they come in at 230, so that's you they're going to base your loan at whatever, 80% of 230, what you're saying is I'll make up the other 40. You're still probably going to get an appraisal for the amount of the, of the loan. What you're saying is no matter where it comes in, I got 100 grand in the bank and I'll make up the difference. Okay. So yeah, you you're still not going to get a mortgage without an appraisal. Right, Russell. Right, but you know, I, don't you walk around with suitcases full of cash? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I think I think that's what they mean when you know. I walk around somebody, with su- suitcases full of saltine crackers, like Kramer. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, Maddie, since you have the youngin, uh, did you guys have any problem getting baby formula? Uh, no, but. Um, uh, I, I do wonder if it's because we get ours from Europe because my half Polish wife uh, orders goat's milk formula from somewhere in like Poland. <laughs> so there's we haven't dealt with the shortage, but I'm sure we're paying up. So, well, you know, funny. You, um, here's something you better, nobody, cut, you better cut that out of the recording. <laughs> well, here, you better not be giving away. Or I swear to God, Matt, you are so doomed if all of a sudden she can't get it. You're oh, you're right. Totally responsible for this. I know. God, I hope. Yeah, we, I hope we've got to all pinky swear that we're not going to share. Don't share that we have a we have a guy. You got a guy. Yeah. Well, uh, he's in Bulgaria, right? <laughs> yes, Bulgaria. Well, here's something yeah, nobody cares about. But when I was a baby, allegedly I had colic to beat the band, and I don't think there was much in the way of baby formulas. And goat's milk was the solution. Evidently, evidently it's a lot easier on you. I wouldn't know why. But. Yeah, well, she has a uh, an allergy to cow's milk, and so she figured that there's a chance that the baby does too. So instead of risking it, she just went with goat's milk from the beginning because that's all she can drink. And uh, we've had no problems, and, and we've been able to get it too. But, yeah, uh, it's from a guy in Bulgaria that no one else can get. So she figures that, that instead of giving the strong Weber genes for milk, 
She got the weak Jill gene. Just in case. Just in case. All right. Well, I haven't had milk in 30 years, so outside of, you know, cheese, I guess. Well, you have ice cream. Uh, very rarely. But, yeah, occasionally. I don't have an allergic reaction to it. I just don't, don't, I just don't like it. I don't think I've had milk in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, 40 years. <laughs> it's been a long time. Long time. But I, I, ice cream I like, so I must still be able to digest it. Yeah. So, Russell, what do we, when we start seeing stuff like this in this, I, I'm just stunned at the numbers. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, there's a little bit of repricing going on because I think we are in a pretty serious recession for a lot of classes of the society. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, Walmart, you know, $110 billion worth of value. I mean, the, the, we, we gotta be get we gotta be rolling past the trillions here as we go down this much. I mean, uh, in terms of oh, people's yeah. wealth. And I was mentioning earlier with Dan that, uh, you know, this, we got this weird view of the world in the last 20 years that as long as the market was okay, the wealth was okay. Well, that leaves you with if the market goes down, you got a problem because I don't see people's. I wanted to ask you, uh, I hit it up yesterday, so from memory, the, 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 uh, I'll get it up here again. The, uh, the, what do you call it? The, uh, usdebtclock.org has, you know, they mm-hmm. have the, uh, they do the savings where they look at the amount of money in the bank and people's savings and then they, 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 you know, goes into the amount of people and it's, it's a very sloppy gross number, right? But for years it was around seven, six or seven thousand bucks savings per family. You know, I talked about it when you first came on the show. Boy, that's a low number. Well, mm-hmm. during the COVID, because of all the money that the government shipped to people, now again, this is a this is a mean, not a median. The savings per family yeah. number shot up to fifty five thousand bucks, and that's how much money the government shipped to some people, and they put it in the bank instead of just all in the stock. Well, a lot went in the stock market, but a lot went in the bank. In the last eight months, that number has dropped from fifty five thousand down to thirteen. That's well, how, that's how much uh, people have drained this money out. Yeah, you hear you hear you know, supply chain issues. You hear you know the the that that and we're blaming you know outside forces on the inflation that we're getting right now. You just told us why we're getting inflation. Well, yeah. I I mean I mean I mean you're like well yeah and I'm like well yeah that's like well yeah but. Uh, yeah, you know, the average person out there thinks this is Vladimir Putin's fault. Well, yeah, and uh, so yeah. If we go back and to 2016. Which, is, which unfortunate if we're, if we're able to if we're able to skateboat every single one of our problems, then nobody here is ever going to be held accountable. Well, the savings per family in 2016 was 7,700 instead of 13,000. The personal debt per citizen in 2013 was 55,000. Now it's 65. So we're essentially in the hole in the last six yeah. years. But, I mean, you're not going to... I would say that even you and I, we, we don't mind as a trader looking yourself in the face and say, I screwed up on that one. I mean, we've done it enough. You know, so we... It, it, to me, to say, I was too long yesterday, but I'm going to fix it today, that's that's just part of the of the drill. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just part of yeah. the job. And other people look at you like, oh, man, we ain't... But Bernanke was talking about the Fed was too slow to recognize inflation... For God's sake, Russell, the Fed caused it. How the, how the hell are they? Yeah. How the? Of course, they're slow to recognize that they caused it. <laughs> I mean, you're you're the one who left the water running in the in the uh, in the sink. You caused the flood, you idiot. <laughs> Just because then you say you were slow to recognize that water coming through the ceiling, you're the one who left the water on. Or am I wrong? Are, 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 are you saying that the Fed is is like our you know half demented? 
old father-in-law that we ended up stuck with in our house that keeps making messes? Um, no, I think it's. it's <laughs> I think you and I would <laughs> agree. It's much more. It's much more severe than that. It has to do with from a time period now, really since I'm going to say. Well, there was a time early in the '60s where we did this, and then we, after Volcker, we didn't do it for, for quite a while. And as soon as the, the second Bush put the second war on a, on a credit card, mm-hmm. we've we've had this mentality: hey, we got away with it a little bit. Let's just keep doing it. So, and so when everybody came out with a terrific plan, where you know, free golf balls to everybody on the golf course, that's fine as long as you either borrow the money or tax it, tax for it. As soon as you say, we'll just print a little bit and push it down the road because, boy, it's starting to feel pretty good. And then the next politician comes in and he says a little bit more. As soon as you get in a habit of doing that, and, and it's and it feels great. It's it's like your first two beers, right? I mean, uh, but then all of a sudden oh, yeah. you get to the point where we're talking about trillion-dollar programs where we're not raising taxes at all and we're borrowing $400 billion and we're printing six. Now now you've you've got a real problem. And, and, and the Fed didn't do that themselves they they went along with it they didn't have the backbone to say write out checks if you want but i'm not giving you the dough that's what they would have had to have said mm-hmm. right i mean am i wrong or right i mean i, I think they, they no, have, you're, i think you're absolutely right you know it, this is it, it there, there's a little bit of war blame to go around um there i think there's a little bit of fiscal policy which is the non-fed part of it and then monetary, it's just nobody, nobody's acting like a grown-up. Well, it's a fiscal and, policy. And nobody's acting like a grown-up because nobody wants to be the person that says no because then you end up either out of a job or, or not re-elected. Well, that's right. And I, I don't see, yeah. I don't see the Congress and, and President, I mean, I mean, Paul went to the White House and, uh, I don't know if Trump's guys waterboarded him or what, but he came out with a whole different program in 2018, yeah. remember? I mean, he said, whatever yeah. you want, I'll give you. Okay, so I mean, I, the the Fed that that man making one hundred and fifty grand a year or two hundred grand a year or whatever he makes is not going to stand in front of the entire Congress presidency people who want their checks. He's not going to say, "I'm not giving you the dough." I, I he'd have to yeah. be uh, he who would the guy have to be Solomon for God's sake? I mean, it, you know, somebody that had a really strong reputation on both sides of the aisle, like Green's man, might be able to get away with it. He's the one but he wouldn't. Do, but he, one of the reasons he'd be able to get away with it is because they loved him because he was doing what they wanted for so long. Well, he's the one who gave Bush the dough. I know he caused it. But yeah. what you just said, what do you, who do you have to be? You got to be somebody with you know, um, just a, a, a very very strong record and an impeccable reputation. And I'm, you know, I, I think at a certain period of time, Greenspan had that. Yeah, he probably did. He, he lost it. That's, that's, I think. Um, I don't think Bernanke, I don't think anybody that really came after him um, just had enough street credibility to get away with it. Yeah, and I don't really see. Uh, I don't know how you. I would. I would not want to see a Volker type clamp no. down on this stuff. I would. I would like to see these guys drop to a three percent money supply growth and just let it play out, and not yeah. cause not cause the other way either, and just you know, and we're going to end up with. Higher prices than we should have, but as people get raises over time, hopefully we'll work our way into it. And uh, and I, I don't I don't think we need to go to like eighteen percent. But there, there was there was some guy on last. I mean, and he was talking about how the Fed is is obviously 
going way too hard. And I'm going, they're 1%. What do you mean way too hard? I mean, 1%, I, I mean, how, how can it even be in anybody's wavelength that that's too hard? You, you can't talk somebody to death. No. No, no, I mean, just, no, not at all. So uh, I, 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 so it, and I just, I continue to just, how in the world do we get out of this thing? And I just spent two weeks, or not two weeks, two days, thank God, two weeks I'd be dead. Um, but I just spent two days listening to people talk about all of this. And I've been going to events like this for 15 years or so. There's a lot of uh, not not sure what to do right now. You know that we we uh, th- there was one conference like this I went to, and everybody kept using the Mike Tyson quote. I mean, it got used by like three speakers. The you know you always have a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. Well. And I, I was talking to our academic keynote beforehand. And, and and I said, you know, two years ago, everybody kept using this Mike Tyson, you know, phrase over and over again. You should just get up and start off and say, Mike Tyson just hit me in the face. I've got no no clue what to say or something along. Those lines. <laughs> hey, Mike Tyson. That's where we are right now. I yeah, I don't I don't know how you reverse. That's where we are, it's it's damn near impossible to come up with a. And I think there are a lot of I, I know there are a lot of professionals, and we we can talk about retail all day long, but. Professional money is really what ends up driving the market. You know, you can get it, you can get a few hundred or maybe even a few thousand individuals together to push a overshorted stock like GameStop up for right. a few days, but in the long run, it's going to revert to some sort of uh, normal valuation. Well, it, hopefully, it, uh, but not, but the reversion can be a problem, and I a, it can be a huge problem because the the, the borrowing is on the upside. And when, how many people, does anybody, any of these places, anywhere ever say, we got to do something about this $3,000 loss number? No. Why? Nobody's ever brought that one up. Why? Um, I, honestly, I think, I think if you could get the retail investing crew together as a common voice, and I'm not talking about, like on Reddit, talking about, we're going to squeeze this stock, but if you get, you know, if they could get together and get their own lobbyists and say, look, some of these things are just ridiculous for us, and that should be number one on the list right there. But is, uh, was, know, if you have a bad year, you should be able to carry forward a lot more. Russell, I've been, there's been how many tax write-ups since I started the business in 1980, and not one of them has changed that number? How, out of all the others? There's no, lar- there's no large entity pushing for it. Yeah, but, I mean, there's... I mean, that's what, yeah. that, I know, I know, I think it's a, and it's a silly, I mean, $3,000 is a lot of money to a lot of people, but, you know, if we're, you know, in a year, if, if you're like an average guy and you've reached 50 and you've got two, 300,000 bucks in your, um, you've been able to sock that away, but it's, it's in a taxable type of account and you go through, you know, the past few years where we've been whipsawed all over the place, um, you know, it, it, the, the inability to you know, carry those things forward and you know, the, the lack of knowledge to try and manage your losses to, to take care of the taxes at the time so that you don't end up stuck with the 3000 going forward. Um, there's, nobody pushing, there's nobody pushing Congress to change that role. I, I mean, if, 
That's why, I mean, and, and it's, you know, the thing is, the, 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 vo- the, the voices you hear in Congress, uh, you hear, it, you hear the voice of the corporations, which fund, you know, which fund and have great, um, lobbyists and everything else. And then you hear, um, from the representatives that feel like their, their constituency needs certain things. Like they know better than their constituency, and, and oh, they're yeah. going to pass the rules that are best for their, um, for you know, for their livelihood. Even though it's probably, you know, it probably is not. But um, yes, I'm, I want to send a five hundred dollar check to everybody in my district to make sure I get reelected. Things like that. Well, sure. Oh, so yeah. there's this great big portion of us in the middle um, that nothing the government seems to do is really good for us for the long term. Well, I mean, I think the three thousand dollar number. I don't want to harp on it. And if you had attempts at helping people that need the help, I'm not saying that we shouldn't help people that need the help, but maybe they should go talk to the people that need the help and figure yeah. out what's best to do for them instead of just coming up with some some sort of government program that they think is best because they've read about people's plights or whatever. Well, I think in terms of what we could do going forward. I think the first thing you and I would do, uh, Russell, with the other members of the show, is find out the policies right now that are making things worse and at least stop those. Turn off the water before we decide what we're going to do with the ceiling. Fix, you mm-hmm. know, because you, you can't fix the ceiling if you're up there trying to put new plastic around and your water's coming in your face. So at least let's try and stop the stuff that's continually making it worse. I mean, I mean when I say this 3000 bucks, you're talking about... If somebody, and you can't tell me, a lot of people, retail people, don't have three plus shares. That's three shares of Amazon. That's your three thousand bucks in the last eight <laughs> weeks. That's a great way to put that. Yeah. So I mean, it, I, it's it's. I know. I, well, I've heard. Shall we say, of an investor who has one hundred and fifty shares of Amazon, and he's down one hundred and seventy five grand on that in the last three months. I mean, it's. It's incredible that that, that 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 that's the kind of wealth we're seeing shrinking here, and maybe it was pumped up to begin with, but it's really real on the on the downside. Yeah, I mean it's a, I mean you know you buy one of these. I mean if you bought thousand shares of of uh, Target, which everybody on TV's been it's their favorite stock, last week you're down sixty grand. I mean it's God on <laughs> a thousand shares of stock. That's God Russell. You and I started. Most of the stocks weren't even sixty bucks, were they? No, no. And whenever a stock would get, I think the average stock price was like thirty or forty. Yeah. And whenever they'd hit a hundred, you just knew like clockwork they were going to split them. Right. All right, Russell. Take care of yourself, buddy. No uh, are, you, are you doing summer school? I am not doing summer school. So you're back here. All of a sudden, we're going to see you. I'm th- I bet you might see me. Not next week, but sometime in the near future. Are you? Are, are you? Are you out of town again next week? You want to tell uh, Yeah, I got our, our conference is in Vegas, but I'll be available. All right. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Have a good trip, I'll, buddy. I'll call, I'll call up before I uh, hit the sack after an all-nighter. Oh, God. Your pocket's spilling $100 bills you just won at the blackjack table. SB Futures down uh-huh. 40. NASDAQ Futures down 107. Not exactly a rally here yet. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. 
Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. 